Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, welcome everybody to this episode of the Doctrine Matters Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Dew, and we are on this episode of the podcast going to begin something that we have not done for a while. We've been talking about doctrine. We've been talking about things that we need to understand and and know as far as our culture and far as things are going on in our world. We've talked about those things, but I do believe that we should come down into a basic understanding of what Christians should believe. So here's what I'm hoping to do moving forward. I'm hoping to put out at least two podcasts a week, one that gives us basic doctrines of the Christian faith, things that we should believe. Now, I will go ahead and tell you, I believe that there are some things that you might agree with me or disagree with me on as we get further into these Christian beliefs. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag what that's going to look like yet, but there may be some things that I say we should believe as Christians that you may hesitate in believing and, and thinking with me through that but we'll burn that bridge when we get there. We'll think through that together, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but that's what I, I hope to do, one per week on the Christian beliefs that we all should share as believers in Christ, and then another one that may pertain to the culture, things going on in our world, and also uh, the Sound the Alarm series that I have been doing that I've stopped. I, I know I've, I've talked about Stephen Furtick and some others already on the Sound the Alarm series, Jesse Duplantis, Kenneth Copeland. Got some more in queue, one of those being Beth Moore, and uh, just the continual drift she's taken. It's just uh, amazing where she's at now. Um, but that's what the second podcast per week would look like, something like that. So uh, that's what uh, I'm hoping to do and hoping that uh, we I'm, I'm able to do that content twice a week at least. Uh, if not, there will be at least one podcast a week, but I'm looking for two. So today... This is basic Christian beliefs that every believer should believe, or at least should be thinking about. We're going to be talking about some primary things. We're going to be talking about some things that are non-negotiables. We'll eventually get to some things that may be some negotiables from your perspective, but I'm going to give you the things that I think we all need to believe as Christians. And the first one on the list today, as you've seen by the title already, is the Bible, the Word of God. We need to know what the Bible is, and essentially, I've already said it. It's God's Word. It's God's truth. I did an episode recently about post-truth killing churches, and we have to take God's truth, which is His Bible, the Holy Word, the Holy Scriptures, and we can't manipulate that truth to make it our truth, to make it somebody else's truth. It's got to be the very Word of God. It is God's truth. As a matter of fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, we read this by the Apostle Paul. He says that all Scripture is breathed out by God. You may hear the word theanustos. That simply means God breathed. We believe, and you should believe as well, because if the Bible is God's truth, when we read things, especially in any part of the Bible, but when we look at 2 Timothy 3.16, we have to believe that all Scripture is breathed out by God. Again, that word you may hear sometimes, theanustas, simply God breathed, the Holy Spirit written through men. Men wrote this, but these are God's 
word, both the Old and the New Testament alike, are the very words of God, and we should treat it as so. Again, we don't get to make a claim of what truth is, because through the scriptures, God has already given us his truth, and that is through the word of God. There's 66 books in the Bible that make up both the Old and New Testament, and every single word we find there is true and truly is God's word, which makes the Bible authoritative. Now, if God claims that the words of Scripture belong to him, then we have to understand that the Scriptures hold the highest authority in our lives. It is the highest appeal to truth that we have. If God is the highest authority himself, then we have to understand and know and believe as Christians that the Bible is the highest authority that we appeal to for truth. Now, uh, there is nothing wrong with good books. I have um, bookcases downstairs and upstairs alike in my home office that's full of great books written by men that have passed on, by people that are still living, and there are good books, but good books should point back to the Scriptures, especially when you're thinking through theology, through doctrine. Those things should point you back to the Scriptures, which are the final authority. So, there are a lot of people that will say, well, R.C. Sproul said this, or, or John MacArthur said this, but those guys are going to point back to the highest authority, which is the Bible itself. So yes, read good books, read a lot of them, visit good books, read in your studies, uh, just soak all the books in you, you can, but remember, that isn't the final authority. Neither is your pastor or your spiritual advisor, which is a weird thing. I don't think they're, I don't know about that, but your pastor, your elders are not the final authority. The final authority that we appeal to for truth is God's word, the Bible, because God is the highest authority, which means that as we read the Bible, we need help understanding the Bible. So as True believers in Christ, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, teaches us that as believers, we are indwelt with the promised Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit allows us to understand the Bible. The Holy Spirit allows us to take the things that we find in the Scripture, and the Holy Spirit illuminates those things for us and helps us understand it, which mean that means that the Bible has clarity. Now, you may hear it said like this sometimes the perspicuity of Scripture. That simply is a, a theological way of saying that the Bible is clear. Now, uh, again, perspicuity of Scripture, the clarity of Scripture, um, the things that we need to know by God are going to be taught to us and illuminated to us by the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Psalm 19.7 says this, The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So the simple-minded, the simple Christian, the simple believer can become wise in the knowledge of God in all of its detail in what the Holy Spirit illuminates to us, and it's clear for us. Now, there are some things in Scripture, and I will go ahead and tell you this, that they are going to be a mystery, and they will remain a mystery until Jesus comes back. There's things in Scripture that we are not supposed to know. There's things in Scripture that we may never know, but the issue is there are some things many things, actually, that is going to be very clear for us. But there's three main things that we find in the Bible 
that is going to be very clear. The Holy Spirit will illuminate this for us in our lives, convict where there needs to be conviction. And three main ways that the scripture is clear is number one, how to become a Christian. The scriptures are clear that we must repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see what it means to repent, to uh, turn from sin, to change our mind, to turn our mind from our sin, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, to believe what? That he came, died, was buried, ascended, rose again, or I'm, I got that all back messed up, that he came, he died, he was buried, he rose again, he ascended, and he is seated at the right hand of God, and one day he's coming to judge the living and the dead. If we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, if we uh, confess him with our mouths, the Bible says we will be saved. So the Bible teaches us how one becomes a Christian. Oftentimes in our gospel presentations, we need to point back to the scriptures so people can understand and know this is the word of God because it's the truth that will set you free, the Bible says. So they need to know the truth when we are evangelizing and that truth comes from scripture. Repent and believe. The second thing the Bible teaches us is how to live in obedience as a Christian. It tells us how we should submit to the Lord in prayer, how we should submit to the Lord in, in, in doing the things that he's called us to do and not doing the things that he says that we shouldn't do as believers. But it teaches us how to live out this Christian life in obedience to God. And the scriptures are clear on how to do that. There are many places in Scripture where we find the works of the flesh and the works of the Spirit and how we should flee from sexual immorality and flee from idolatry and sorcery and enmity and strife and many different things and works of the flesh and how we should live for the glory of God. That is all throughout the passages of, of Scripture. So it does teach us, number one, how to become a Christian, how to make or how to live in obedience as a Christian. And the third thing that the Scripture is clear on, the third main thing, I should say, is how to grow as a Christian. That sanctification process, and that comes by that obedience, is how we are taught to live. We are taught to lay aside sin. We are taught to submit to Christ, submit to the Word. All of these things, confess our sins one to another, confess them to the Lord, and we will grow as believers, and the Holy Spirit, again, illuminates that in our lives, and we are able to understand clearly the scriptures, because the scriptures, yes, they are difficult in some places. I will admit that to you and submit that to you here on this episode. There are times where the scripture is going to be very hard to understand, but even in the hard scriptures, the Holy Spirit can help us understand that through proper study and context of the scripture that we are questioning. Uh, there is things that the Spirit will illuminate to us, even in the hard passages of the Bible, but it is clear in these three main ways that we see in the Bible how to become a Christian, how to live in obedience as a Christian, and then how to grow as a Christian. And again, the Holy Spirit illuminates these things in our lives so they become clear to us. Now, those passages that are difficult at times, you may find people disagreeing on certain passages. You may find people that uh, have one interpretation of a passage of Scripture and somebody have may have another uh, interpretation of that same scripture, but the problem does not lie with scripture itself. The scripture is never in error. The scripture, and we're going to talk about that briefly here in just a few minutes, but the scripture is never in error. The scripture is never at war with itself. What happens when we find people that disagree on a certain text or a group of texts, it's not the problem with the scripture. 
the, the problem does not lie with the scripture. The problem lies with the interpretation. We are fallible. We are, we are finite beings that are fallen. So we can find ourselves believing that scripture is teaching one thing when it's truly not. Here's the thing. There are multiple views and could be multiple views on a passage of scripture, but we have to understand that in those things, there are times where we may be wrong. And just a big news flash right here, and I have to come to grips with this and understand this myself, is there's times when there are times where I might be wrong in the scripture. And you have to be willing to make that same confession. You have to be willing to be wrong when it comes to certain passages of scripture. You may not have it right. The person that you're talking with, they may not have it right. But let us, if we're going to be wrong on anything in the scriptures, let it not be the primary doctrines of the Bible. And again, for some of you that may be just tuning in to understand some of the basic Christian beliefs, um, primary doctrines, we're essentially talking about the gospel, how one is saved. We don't believe that salvation is by works by us, but from the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, we we become Christians by repenting of sin and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Some more primary doctrines of the virgin birth. I believe that is very important and essential to a believer's life and one of those closed-handed doctrines that must be held there tightly in a closed hand. The hypostatic union, Jesus was truly and fully God, truly and fully man at the same time. Uh, and then there's other primary doctrines that we must agree to. We must agree that Jesus is the Son of God. We must believe that He was the perfect sacrifice. We did not, we cannot fulfill the law. We cannot keep the law. Every every law we break, we've broken them all, James says. So Jesus came to fulfill the law, be the perfect sacrifice, to die the death that we deserved. He died in our place. And for those that repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they will be saved. The Bible says, Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So there are primary doctrines that we hold dear and close. So if we're going to be wrong on a passage of Scripture, let it be on those secondary and tertiary issues, not on a primary doctrine. But again, I believe that a true believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit will illuminate these passages of scriptures that contain the primary doctrines, and a true believer will then hold closely in a tight fist those primary doctrines. I've been, side note here, I've been watching some YouTube videos lately of different channels, and I've noticed there's uh, some professing brothers in Christ that are teaching some absolute nonsense and garbage that we don't find in the Bible. And uh, even things that when 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 it's wrong, it, it's clearly wrong because the Bible doesn't teach it. If the Bible doesn't teach it, then it's wrong. If the Bible is nowhere, shape, or form teaching what you're teaching, then you have started teaching something outside of the Bible, and this, thus now you are sort of at war with God because you are teaching something that he has never taught in his word. For instance, you may have heard this. I'm just use this for an example, that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. Well, well nowhere in the Bible does it say that. They take it from the Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. They, they look at the spiritual gifts of speaking in tongues, and even Paul declares that the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues then, which were languages, was not given to everybody. Everybody that was a Christian did not receive the spiritual gift of tongues or languages. 
back then. So to now teach that if you don't speak in tongues, then you're not a Christian is blasphemy. It's heresy and should not be taught because we do not find that contained in the pages of Scripture. And if you may be listening and could say, well, I can take you and show you that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. Please leave me a comment. We can have a dialogue here on this platform, whatever the case may be. Uh, but the scriptures just don't teach that and that I see anywhere. So, again, you could be wrong in a passage of scripture just because of an interpretation, or you could be wrong completely because the scriptures don't teach it. But again, I believe the scriptures are going to be clear in areas that God wants to help us understand the text, and especially those three areas when we see how to become a Christian, how to live as a Christian, how to grow as a Christian. The Holy Spirit will illuminate those things and make it clear to us. God wants to make clear to us what he wants to make clear, and that's going to happen as we read and study the Bible, which takes us into the necessity of the Bible. A lot of people will neglect their Bible reading. A lot of people will not pick up their Bibles and say they don't need the Bible uh, You know, They'll just live their life however they're going to live their life. They'll just be good people and and submit to God, but you can't truly submit to God and, and live a good Christian life without the necessity of God's word. If the Bible teaches us how to become a Christian, to live as Christians and to grow as Christians, and it's our final authority that we appeal to for truth, then we must believe that it's absolutely necessary even for us today. Many people are going to tell you that the Bible is antiquated, that it's an antique that should sit on a shelf. Uh, it's been the number one best-selling book for years and years. Uh, there's people that if it was just a fairy tale, why are they trying to rip it from the hands of people all across the world? Why are they trying to remove it from schools? Why are they re- trying to remove it from uh, public places? Why not remove Disney fairy tales, Disney movies, Disney videos, Disney content? Because those are true fairy tales. If the Bible wasn't true and the necessity of it for us today wasn't something that was relevant, then why even mess with it? Why even bother with it? Because the the Bible and Christianity poses a severe threat to the unbelieving world and for those that don't believe like the Bible says believe. So there are many people that will say it's antiquated and old and we don't need it anymore, and those people are unbelievers that need to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Bible is absolutely necessary today. There have been men that have died for translating the Bible in English and other languages. They have burned at the stake. They have been speared. There have been many people that have risked their lives and even died for the sake of God's word to get it in the hands of people. And if it weren't for the bravery and the boldness and the courage of these men translating these scriptures, there may not be what half of what we have or even a quarter of what we have in the world today as far as the Holy Scriptures in different languages. But the Bible is necessary. Jesus teaches us that it's necessary in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, when he says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, we must daily intake the word of God. There is not a day that goes by that we should not open our Bibles, study our Bibles, read our Bibles carefully, and allow the Holy Spirit to move and illuminate that word in us so that we can apply it to our lives. We just don't read it for the sake of reading. We don't just read it for the sake of marking off our Bible reading plan. These reading plans are great. 
read the Bible in a year, read the, read the Bible together as a church, whatever the case may be when it comes to these different reading plans. These things are great, but we cannot just simply read the Bible just to check off Bible reading. Well, I read my Bible today. I read my Bible today. You must actually take the time to understand what the Bible is saying and let the Holy Spirit illuminate its truth. What is the Bible saying in context? Don't cherry pick verses. Don't take them apart and just keep what you like and disregard what you don't like. Look at it in its totality. Look at it in uh, the text block that it's in and then move out into the greater chapter that it's in and then the book that it's in. Look at it in context. Try to try to understand what's going on there. Use, use helps, commentaries, things if you need to. But we shouldn't just read the Bible just for reading the Bible's sake. We should read the Bible, allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate it in our lives, and then apply it. The application of the Bible is important, but the necessity of getting in the Word daily is just as important as the application. The Bible in the book of James says, be not hearers only, but be doers of the Word as well. So we must hear, understand, know, read, study the Word, and then do what it says. And the Holy Spirit in the life of a true believer will make those things clear and then help us apply these things to our lives. We think about working out. We are coming up on the new year in just a couple of days. It is New Year's Eve Eve right now at the time of this recording, and many people are going to have their New Year's resolutions. And one of those things is they're going to want to work out every day. They're going to want to get in physical shape. And to get in true physical shape, that means you've got to be disciplined. You have to do the hard work of working out. You've got to eat better. There are a lot of things that are happening here with your physical health. There are a lot of things every day, even if you don't work out, that you need to take seriously about your physical health or else it'll just go downhill. There's food you got to watch when you eat. There's food you shouldn't eat. You need to get out and exercise. All these things are very important for your body, but the Bible even teaches us. We're talking about the Bible. The Bible teaches us that spiritual disciplines to physical activity is of great value, but the spiritual aspect of it is even greater value. Think about your physical life. You might can go a couple days without eating, but eventually you're going to you're going to be so hungry and if we're truly honest with ourselves here in the west, if we go a day without eating, we feel like the world's falling in on us. We're going to be acting like we have got the biggest hunger pains and that oh, if I don't get something to eat soon, I'm going to perish. I'm going to I'm going to start eating my fingers, whatever the case may be. And the fact of the matter is, once you get hungry, you're going to go to the refrigerator or the cabinet. You're going to get something to eat. So most of you listening to this are going to eat on a daily basis. And we have to eat. That is a part of our physical bodies. We have to eat and drink water and these things. If we go long periods of time without it, our health begins to break down. So much like our health, we have got to go to the Bible daily for that spiritual food, that spiritual nourishment. We shall not live by bread alone food alone, physical food alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So that means we must daily be in the word. We must daily be in the word. Now, the Bible is interesting. The Bible, it is necessary, but to know that there is a God, the Bible is not necessarily necessary. 
So let me let me tell you what I mean. Psalm 19.1 tells us, For the heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies above proclaim His handiwork. If we were to go on to read Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 18 and, and down, we would see that the Bible teaches us that people can not even read the Bible. They can look at creation. They can look at all of these things around them. In, in Just internally, they know that there is a God. They can look at the things around them, his invisible attributes, the Bible says. People know that there is a God just by creation itself and, and the way God has just revealed himself to all people. This is called general revelation, and the scriptures are not needed for general revelation. The problem here is men suppress the truth, and apart from the scriptures and special revelation given to them by God, they would never know that they need to be saved. They would never trust God. They would never put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They would never give God glory. They would never submit to him in prayer. They would never do any of these things. So all men are without excuse, the Bible says. So general revelation to know that there is a God isn't necessary to be found in Scripture because somebody could not read the Scriptures for any of their life and know that there is a God. The problem is they suppress that truth. But when the Word of God is revealed to them, when they hear the gospel, when they understand the truth, God reveals himself to them in a way, and then they become saved, and then he continues to reveal himself through his word to those that are saved, and that is called special revelation, to understand that they are sinners in need of a Savior, and they would repent of their sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So here we have general revelation the Bible's not needed. Special revelation to be saved, to live as a Christian, to grow as a Christian is absolutely necessary. And from that point on, when someone's saved, we have to be in the Bible. And another thing that we have to understand about the Bible is that the Bible is inerrant. That means it does not contain errors. Again, when we find texts that we think conflict with each other, when we think that there is one text over here that's saying something and a text over here is saying the complete opposite, we can't look at that and say that they are in conflict with one another, that they are at war with one another. We have to understand that we have now an interpretation issue, or maybe we are not studying it out thoroughly and understanding what each passage is saying in context. One of the biggest things that we can think about is, was Paul and James at odds? when they when they talk about works and salvation paul obviously says we do no, we do not obtain salvation by works and then there's this familiar passage in james where it can be misconstrued that we are saved by works but the problem is if you read these things in context and i don't have them listed here for the exact um scriptures for you but if you look at these two passages of scripture in context you would see that paul and james agree Paul in his passage and what he's saying is that you don't work to obtain salvation. And James is saying that after you've obtained salvation, you work from that salvation. Your good works show the faith that you have in Christ. So the two don't conflict with one another, but it would be easy for someone that doesn't necessarily study the Bible in context and really seek out and draw out what God is saying. That's what we mean by exegete the text, pull out of the text, what God has said, not put our thought process in it, not say, oh, well, when we come across some 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 conflicting text, we have to say, well, it contains error because it doesn't contain error. So because if we believe, number one, that God 
is all knowing. He is truthful. He is all powerful. There's God is the God of the universe. There is no error in him. And we believe too, that the word of God is true that we believe the Bible is God's very word, God breathed, Theanustos. If we believe this, then we have to believe that there is no error contained in God's word, because if there were, God would then contain error and not be truly God. There would be some falseness in him, which there is no falseness in God. His word is true. So we must believe that his word is inerrant. It does not contain errors. And again, that generally comes down to an interpretation issue uh, where we have not interpreted the text well, and uh, we haven't studied it out well, and we don't look for those places in Scripture where we can pull out the true meaning of the text. So just we have to understand, as Bible-believing Christians, the Bible does not contain error. The Bible, finally, is also sufficient. It contains everything that we need to know about matters of life and death and everything in between. It answers many of life's biggest questions. Now, it doesn't get down to who should I marry? Should I buy this car? What color car should I buy? What house should I buy? It doesn't get into those things, but it does teach us that the things that we do, we should be giving God glory, whether we say it, whether we do it, uh, or, or whether we, no matter what we do, whether we eat, drink, whatever we do, do for the glory of God. So the Bible is sufficient. We can rest in the truth of God's word. It is God has revealed to us exactly everything that we need to know. Some of life's biggest questions that we have, we can find the answers in Scripture. And if it isn't ultimately ultimately clear, the answer is give God glory in whatever you do, and make sure that you read your Bible daily. It is sufficient for all things in our lives. And I want to encourage you. Uh, this has only been 30 minutes of, of teaching, just kind of some basic Christian beliefs, some things that we need to know when it comes to our beliefs and our Christianity, that the Bible is true. It is God's word. It is God-breathed. It is authoritative. It is sufficient. It is inerrant, containing no errors, and uh, it is clear. The Bible's clear. I know that wasn't in order. I was trying to think of them here at the end of this podcast all at once. I didn't put them in order. Uh, let's see if I can do it again. Uh, the Bible is God's words. It is authoritative. It is clear. It is inerrant, and it's sufficient. I don't know if we got that right again, but either way, you get the picture. We have to believe these things about the Word of God. And again, read your Bibles. There is a, a, an awesome man in our church, um, and his, his cry lately to us as a church is, read your Bibles, read your Bibles, read your Bibles. And yes, I want to echo that. Read your Bibles. If you find it tough, uh, find some good commentary. If you if you get stuck reading your Bible, reach out to me. I'll help you the best I can. I can point you to some good commentaries. I can help you if you get caught up on a passage of Scripture. Many things that we can do. Find a good local church that preaches the true Word of God, that believes these things about the Bible and holds the Bible in high regard. Remember, it is our utmost and final authority in which we should appeal to. The truth contained in God's Word is God's truth. 
You don't manipulate it to make it your truth. Find a church that declares God's truth and says, thus saith the Lord, not what I think it should say. Find a good, solid biblical church, plug in, exalt Christ, and build up the saints and in, in worship with the saints. Ask the people in your church questions about the Bible. Go to your elders, your leaders. Tell them you don't understand parts of the Bible. Help them point. Tell them to point you to good resources that you can use to understand God's word. But the biggest takeaway I want you to take with you when we sign off here is read your Bible daily. You cannot live a fulfilling Christian life that gives God glory if you neglect your Bible reading. One of the most important things we need is God's word. It helps us understand who he is, and it helps us understand other doctrines in scripture, and it helps us understand who we are. So know that it is our final authority. It is clear. It is authoritative. It is sufficient, and it does not contain error at all. And the Holy Spirit will illuminate those things in your life so you can apply them to your life as you live out your life as a believer here on this side of eternity. I hope this has been some help to you. Give me some feedback if you got it. Uh, leave me a comment. I'd love to hear what you're reading in the scriptures. And uh, also, if you would, if you've listened this far, I'd love it if you liked and subscribed. Uh, I know that would help get content out to more people. There's a lot of people that need to hear basic Christian beliefs and and try to understand that. And the, the whole idea behind the Dr. Matters podcast is to help the church understand and live out its faith. So we want to do that and encourage more people. So if you would like, share, and subscribe, I know I, I don't really like saying that, but the more gospel content and biblical content we can get in the hands of people, the better for the glory of God. Amen. Please like and subscribe. And thank you so much for listening. I know there's people all over the place that are listening, whether by audio or watching on YouTube. And I really appreciate you. I really do. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again and God bless.